This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. It's tech fan number 40 with me, Tim Robertson, and special guests, Donnie Yankelo and Elisa Paselli. Hey, I actually said her name right that time. <laughs> Go figure. This is Tech Fan number 40. I am your host, Tim Robertson. This week, David Cohen has taken a sabbatical. Actually, he's on vacation with his family. So I've got some help this week. I've got two alumni from MyMac.com. First is Danny Yank- Donnie Yankelo. I said Danny. Well, that's really bad. Donnie Yankelo. Hello, Donnie. Hey, Tim. How are you? All right. I'll forgive you for that. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've been with MyMac for, what, five, six years now? How old your daughter? Uh, eight. So she was two when I started. So six years. Yeah. Yeah. I, if you, uh, yeah, if you follow me on Facebook, you can almost watch the progression of her getting older. <laughs> In fact, I had someone on Facebook, an old old friend. I worked with her, oh, probably twenty five years ago. Uh, we became friends a couple years ago, maybe three years ago on Facebook. And she just commented on a picture of my son, who's three and a half, that she's literally watched him grow up via Facebook. I thought that was kind of cool. It's like that app. What's that app? Um, oh, the one that you take your uh, picture and then you, it ages you? Yeah, every day or something. Yeah. I see a lot of people do that. I've, I don't want to take a picture of myself every day. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think anybody wants to see a picture of me every day. I think it gets old after a while. I, I think so. Literally, too, right? Yeah, well, that's kind of the point. Uh, our second alumni is Elisa Paselli. Hello, Elisa. Hi, Tim. Hi, Donnie. Hello. So I, I heard you not too long ago on the MyMac podcast with Guy and Gaz. Yeah, that was my debut. <laughs> now, you're also working on a new project for MyMac, which you talked about a little bit on the MyMac podcast, mm-hmm. but this is a video podcast, a kind of a tutorial thing. Uh, I'm the only person in existence who's probably seen it so far. Yes, you are. Because it hasn't officially launched. But it will eventually, and we'll get them posted on the website. I'm looking forward to it because from what I've seen so far, I think they're going to be very well received. I think people are really going to enjoy it. Thanks. I hope so. That's the point, right? Yep, that's the point. So you guys and I all share one thing in common. And uh, as listeners of this show know, I am the COO of Mac Specialist. And one of the things that we've done at Mac Specialist is launched uh, in limited fashion uh, an e-publishing company called Scroll Down Books. It's something that I actually started five, six years ago. I think it was that long ago. It's been a long time. Did you do the covers for the first books, Donnie? Um. I don't. Uh, this, was I, the first, I okay. don't this is the first. Okay. This is the first. I can't remember who. Somebody else did the covers for uh, the original scroll down books. You know, five six years ago, but we have relaunched it under Mac Specialist, and our first book is the teacher that didn't teach. Now, as the uh, publisher of scroll down books, obviously I have something to do with it. And Donnie, you actually did the cover for this book. Right. Checks in the mail, by the way. <laughs> Literally, it is. Um, and the author happens to be named Shane Paselli. That, that sounds kind of uh, familiar. He's um, one of my many kids. <laughs> <laughs> How many kids do you have? I have three boys. You have three boys. Yeah, yeah wow. and he's the middle one. And now he is a published author. He's a published author, yeah. And it's he's he's very excited. It's and it's a, it's a cute book. It's for. Uh, I'd say maybe, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old. My, uh, my 8-year-old wants to read it. The, the problem is I'm always on my iPad, so she hasn't had an opportunity yet. But yeah. eventually she, she's going to read it because yeah. she said, Oh, I want to read that. She really liked the cover. So I guess, there you go, Donnie. Uh, covers sell books. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, Donnie did a great job on the cover. He just totally captured the essence of the book. The uh, the caption reads, what would you do if you had a teacher that didn't teach the class? In this action-packed book, you will find out what Tommy Goodman and his friends do while their teacher doesn't teach them. 
Get ready to jump right into many adventures with Tommy and his friends. You don't want to miss out on how it ends. The book's only $5.99. If you go to scrolldownbooks.com, you'll find a link right there to it. Um, and, of course, you know, you're, you're supporting uh, me when you do that because <laughs> <laughs> I, I published the book. But, again, you know, it's five ninety nine on the Amazon Kindle store. We're looking at getting into iBooks. I'm still working out some of the kinks with uh, with Amazon. And that's the that's the thing. This this entire industry is so new. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of curious. We'll start with you, Donnie. Where do you see e-publishing going? Do you think it's just going to completely eclipse totally physical book sales anytime soon? Or do you think they're going to have to live side by side for a long time? I think they're going to have to be side by side for a long time. Um, we, I mean, the three of us are are a different story, but um, I think most people aren't in the ebooks yet. I'm not actually in the ebooks yet. I think I've read one. Um, I still like holding a real book, and I think a lot of people do. A lot of people don't have iPads or devices they can read them on. And then um, if you look at the children's book market, I don't think that'll ever fully go digital. I think you kids need to hold something in their hands and it's a lot cheaper for them to rip up a five dollar book and destroy <laughs> a three to five hundred dollar device uh that's true but you know i have uh kids ranging from three all the way up to 17 now and i have to be honest when i put the little ones to bed the three and the eight-year-old and they want a book i almost always read a book on the ipad now really yep uh, they like it. They have sound effects. They get to swipe and turn the page. Um, they like it a lot better than a physical book. But then again, when my wife does it, which is more often than I do because I'm not home all the time because of my job, she doesn't read it on the iPad because the iPad's with me. Um, <laughs> she will read them. You know, we've got thousands of kids' books in this house, and I'm not even exaggerating, thousands of them. And that's what she reads, a physical book. So I don't know. What do you think, Alyssa? Alisa? I always want to I, say Alyssa. I don't yeah, know why. Alisa. I agree with Donnie about they do have to live side by side. Uh, for me, I prefer having a book in my hands when it's something for reference. A computer book, a knitting book, a cookbook. If it's a reference book, I want an actual book. If it's fiction, I read it on my Kindle. Yeah? So you like I, the Kindle a lot? Oh, I love my Kindle. I don't really read a lot in iBooks or the iPad because I'm too distracted. And I'll start <laughs> playing a game or checking email, whereas with my Kindle, I sit by the pool or I sit on the deck or wherever, and I just focus on the reading. Now, yep. as far as magazines, that's a little bit of a different story. Um, I think magazines might really, if they can get the pricing structure um, a little bit more reasonable, I think that's like really great for for the iPad. I don't understand the whole... I, it, it seems like the magazine publishers seem to think we'll charge exactly the same price for the iPad version as a print copy. They, I don't think they get it yet. Do you? Well, for example, yesterday I was reading my Kindle. My husband was reading his Sports Illustrated. And I said, you know, if you were reading this on an iPad, you could click on that picture, which would really be a video. And you could see a little video of maybe uh, talking to a player or um, maybe the play, someone hitting a home run. You could see that play, that home run being hit. You know, so there's a lot more interactivity and it can go into a lot more depth on an iPad, obviously, than you can with a magazine. And that might be what factors into that extra cost. But, I, you know, here's the thing. If you want mass adoption of a new technology, you can't. And you're competing with something that's two ninety nine on the on the newsstand. You, you can't. You've got to you've got to price it competitively. Otherwise, you're just, you know, you're slitting your own throat. Oh yeah. I I, like I, I just think that they're so enamored with the way things have been for the last hundred years that they can't see the forest from the trees. Yeah, I mean, I think eventually it will work out. Like I got a free copy of Shape magazine. And what was really cool is instead of just looking at a picture of an exercise, you clicked on it and there was a video of someone demonstrating that exercise, which makes it as a reader so much easier because now I know exactly what to do instead of, I think they mean I should do this. Because sometimes the directions aren't as clear. And I know they do that with cooking too. They actually show people, as if you're watching the Food Network, 
they show people actually making that recipe within a cookbook. Now, Donnie, with the books, for instance, with both iBooks and uh, Kindle books, whether you're reading it on a Kindle device or an iPad or an iPhone or a computer, what have you, the really cool thing is I can download a sample of the book. It usually gives you the first 30 or 40 pages, depending on the size of the book, and I could try it before I buy it. And generally, the prices are cheaper than the electronic book, exactly the opposite of what magazine publishers are doing. Do you think that that's going to give electronic books a leg up? I don't know. I mean, you still there's still the whole cost of the device involved. And um, there's something about... I mean, books generally books are ten dollars for the most part. The fiction books and the you know the sci the quote unquote I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but those books are ten dollars, and almost for ten dollars you want something in your hand. At least the way I look at it, sometimes you know what I mean. Like I do for ten dollars, it shouldn't be something digital that's not going to sit on the shelf. It's just some kind of mentality you have to get over. But you don't have that mentality when it comes to software anymore. Right, I was just thinking the same thing in my head. Yeah, and here's and then, the thing: people aren't buying the iPads as an ebook reader. Right, they're buying the iPad because it does so many things. And oh, by the way, now you can buy ebooks with this. And uh, for instance, a uh, number of shows back, I did an interview with a gentleman who uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank on his name the, right the, now. The spaceship book. Yes. Uh, what is his name? Why am I drawing a blank? I don't know, but it was a great book. Uh, you're going to hate me then because I'm actually reading the third book, uh, The Wormhole, which has Richard Phillips. Well, Richard Phillips, thank you. Um, I'm reading the third book, which has not been released yet. He, he's, he was gracious enough to send me a copy, and I'm oh, almost cool. done. Uh, but if you look at his model, he releases the first book for 99 cents. You can't go into a store and get a book for $0.99 cent that's worth anything that's not in the, the discount bin, and they're usually there for a reason. And then on top of that, before I even spend that $0.99, cents, I downloaded a sample, read 30 or 40 pages, and said, oh, this is really good. Uh, one click, $0.99 cents later, and he's got my money. I don't know how Barnes & Noble competes with that with their physical stores. Yeah, I don't think they can, but you can also download the the uh, sample, read it, and go out and buy the real book if you decide you'd like the... But why would you do that? Be- because you're already in the ecosystem. Winning that that real thing. Well, I don't know. De- define what the real thing is. And when you're done with that book, now you've got this book on your shelf. How many books do you read in a year? How many books do you read in five years? Right. See, I've moved past the physical media. Have Have you done that, Alyssa? Elisa, oh I am retarded. <laughs> yeah, I, I only buy reference books yeah. as, as actual physical books. I know one friend of mine, she's got a Kindle and she buys hard-covered books, but when she's done, she passes it on. Mm-hmm. So the argument of, well, you don't want to spend $10 on a Kindle book because you're not going to read it again, well, it's pretty much the same with the physical book. Yeah. Plus, with the Kindle now, you can, I'm not sure, I've never done this myself, but I know with a lot of the books, you can lend them to other Kindle readers. Yeah, and they get it for a certain amount of time or a certain amount of pages, and right. then if they want to buy it, they can. Right, um, so then they can, they can, plus I get a lot, a lot of books for free for the Kindle on Amazon. They have a lot of books. So they have a ton of, both yeah. iBooks and Kindle books. They're, if you did nothing but read free books and you could actually read an entire book a day, you would have 50 or 60 years before you would run out of content. Yeah. I have a ton. I've probably bought, actually spent money on maybe 10 books, and the rest I've gotten for free. And the other thing is, Donna, you were mentioning the price. If you get a Kindle with special offers, it's about $114 right now. I mean, I bought mine two years ago. It was $359. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that, you're right. an, you're an early adopter, though. I mean, but it was it was a Kindle too. But yeah. Like, Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. So don't now, you love don't you love the samples though that only get you through the the uh, table of contents and then you're done. I've never but, downloaded a sample. I've I, re- I you know I'll go through the, the the free books on Kindle, read a description, sounds interesting. I get it. There have been some where I've gotten you know a certain point through, and I've just said, Ugh. I, I go through a lot of the free samples. I'll. And generally, I'll know within the first 10 pages whether this is going to be a book that I'm going to want or not. So I'll, I'll download like crazy free samples. And I doubt if it's even one of 
one of 20 books that I'll actually buy. Because I'm like, ugh, this isn't this isn't going where I was thinking it was going to that's not written right. well or whatever. And I'll just simply delete the book and go to the next sample book that I've t- tried. I yeah. mean, it, it's very rare that I'll actually buy a book after reading a sample because eh, it's just not very good. Well, it's a nice way of trying different genres. If you're like, uh, you don't normally like mysteries, it's a great way to sample, you know, try a mystery. If you don't yep. like love stories, try a love story. You have nothing to lose. If you don't like it, so what? Yeah, and it literally takes seconds to download the cha- the the sample or buy the book completely. Mm-hmm. And that's the other aspect. Uh, I don't like going to the bookstore anymore. There's so many. Uh, generally, you know, they're all broken out by genres, which is fine. But I don't even know where to start. I didn't go in with a specific book I'm looking for, so I'm just okay. Uh, I guess maybe science fiction this time. So I go to the science fiction. And I just. And all I can really see is the spines of the book. So unless if the if the cover or if the title of the book doesn't capture my attention immediately, I, I don't even pull it out to look at the cover. It, it just seems like an antiquated way of shopping for content. And I think iTunes is kind of the precursor of what's going to happen in the book industry. I mean, good luck going to uh, any music store nowadays. I mean, they they just don't exist. Not like they yeah. used to. No, no. And I used to love spending hours at the record store. I did, too. I loved it. But, you know, I think if you found a record store that was like that nowadays, I, I think you'd be bored. Because you can't just click, listen, nope, don't like it, move on. I mean, it's... How do you how do you shop for music by the cover? <laughs> at least with the book, it's got something to do with it, but... You know, like an Iron Maiden album from back in the 80s. And they had that skull guy. What the hell does that have to do with the actual music? You know know what I mean? Unless you're already an Iron Maiden fan. (laughs) Right, yeah. But in in which case, you didn't even need to go to the store because you just know you're going to get the new album. Right. Um, I I see iTunes as the precursor for a lot of our shopping habits. Amazon is changing things the way you can sample books. So is uh, iBook. Apple's already done that with the apple itunes store software uh, you know they still don't really allow demos in the app store but i think that that's going to have to change and the popularity of these tablet devices i think is just going to change everything in fact i'm really looking forward to getting my hands on the uh the hp's touchpad i, I kind of want one mm-hmm. and what's well, nice about these tablets too is when you travel we used to travel and i'd go to the library and get three fat hardcover books yep. they weigh a ton when you're getting on the plane now you just make sure the kindles load up and make sure my iphone is loaded up and it doesn't it doesn't take up any room and i have a hundred books on my kindle so if i read the three that i wanted to read well i have four five six and seven i can read and it you just, said it's easy to get distracted but by the same token it's like you know what I, I really don't feel like reading this i'm on the plane it's got wi-fi sometimes you have to spend 10 bucks sometimes it's free Usually you have to spend 10 bucks, but you could jump on the Wi-Fi, browse the internet, listen to some music, watch a video. There's just so much. Play a game. There's so many things you could do with the same tablet. You don't have to get out of your seat to get Mm -hmm. into your overhead bag. It's just, it's all, it's all right there. Right. And it doesn't take up a lot of room. I just put it in my backpack. It's just so much easier. Have you got a iPad yet, Donnie? Yeah, I have an iPad. So My my son loves it. Yeah. What's he do on it? Well, he's three years old, just yeah. like uh, yours, so as you know. But um, the Disney books are fantastic. They are. I, um, think I just bought, it was a new Cars one. just came out. He also likes these uh, things that talk when you talk at it. Have you played with those yeah, yet? Yeah. Um, is it Googly or Google? Or uh, I don't know. I'm pulling up my iPad right now. Let me turn up my... It's a green one and a red one. He just Oh, there's all kinds of them. There's Talking Tom, if I launch Talking Tom. Oh, loves those. He laughs hysterically. Oh, I don't know what the heck that was. So if if I talk in, okay, now it's being annoying. If I talk into it, it'll repeat what I say. Okay, now it's being annoying. If I talk into it, it'll repeat what I say. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. They've got ones that are dinosaurs. Uh, here's Talking Ben, which is some kind of a dog. That what I don't like is they always tend to uh, have advertising on it. Right, and it's like you know what? Let's let's get the ads out of here because these are aimed at little kids. Uh, the he's, one thing he's talking at me. The, 
talking Carl and talking Google one, they have like a baby mode, so it hides all those buttons. That would be great. I, I wish That's- these apps did that. There's a dinosaur. He he just loves those things, but he also loves to try to play the games that Daddy's playing, and that doesn't always work for him. But it, I, I am just a big fan of these tablet devices. I was a little worried that our Macs might go away someday because of them. I'm not convinced that's going to happen anytime soon. But I do think, eventually, this is going to replace our Macs. I think that... And and how bad would that be? Now, a lot of people say, yeah, but I need the bigger screen. I need a keyboard, and I need a mouse to do some of the work that I do. Granted. But imagine if all you have sitting in your office is a monitor, keyboard, and mouse... You walk in, set your iPad next to it. You don't have to connect anything. Turn on your iPad, and the screen on your desktop immediately comes to life. Your keyboard and mouse start working, and it seems just like a computer, except it's the tablet device sitting right next to it. Well, weren't there mock-ups, I think, before the iPad even came out of an iMac where you slip the tablet device in the side of it or something? and it Yeah, I mean, well, heck, go, going way back to the Duo, they did that. But, you know, I... You need a company that handles both software and hardware. You need an Apple or you need an HP. I would say um, uh, RIM, but they seem to be making the worst decisions possible at every step of the way. Um, You need a company like that that could really pull it off, that handles both the software and the hardware. I don't think third-party peripherals as far as monitors and stuff would work real well, at least not initially. Um, But, you know, in that kind of a scenario, you could print... You could use a big monitor. You could connect to a larger library of media content, although I don't even know if that's going to be necessary eventually um, because it'll just be in the cloud, as they like to say. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's where your local backup will happen. It'll be everything that you have now, except it's not a CPU sitting there. It's just your tablet. That way your computer is everywhere you go. I I saw a little, I heard a little, hmm, from you, Elisa, what's... (laughs) Like, eh, I'm not I'm convinced. I'm not so sure about the cloud. Yeah? I know there's a lot of people that can't wait for the cloud. They want to get all their iTunes off of their computers and be able to stream. I like having my iTunes on my computer, on my phone. I like having it with me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not interested in streaming. But why? Um, I just like the idea of knowing it's right there. I mean, I'm one of those people that when I download a bunch of music, I then burn it onto a CD. As, you, a, as you're another still, backup. You're still burning up the CDs? Oh, yes, I am. Well, well, mostly because in my car, I don't have a iPod hookup. Right. So I just listen to CDs. But eventually but, that's going to change. Yeah, when I get my next car, I have a 2003, and I'm not in any hurry to get another car. But I know the next one will have the iPod hookup. Um, but I'm just one of those people where I've got like my photos and my music backed up in 12 different places. Mm-hmm. Between hard drives and phones and CDs and... I'm just kind of anal that way. <laughs> what about you, Donnie? Um, I don't like streaming either. I don't. I mean, data plan wise doesn't really affect me much, but I don't see how a streaming service with these limited data plans is going to be very successful. People are going to eat up that data in no time if they're constantly mm-hmm. streaming music, constantly streaming a video. Um, the uh, phone companies are going to just make tons of money of people going over there. But don't you think, though, that that there's going to be a backlash against that? They're going to have to price accordingly if more and more people are starting to use that technology. They know they're going to start losing customers if they're hitting them with two, three, four hundred dollar bills. They're going to have to price aggressively. And if you look, well, if you look at the prices that are charging right now compared to just three years ago you see that the prices actually have come down on a lot of their services uh, because people started using them or they're adopting them. So they had to adjust prices accordingly. Otherwise, they're not going to get those customers. But the caps are also in place because people are doing all this video streaming and the music streaming. and Some people. But if you look at the a- the average, most people aren't using that much data. I am on an unlimited data plan, which I think probably caps me out at something, on both my Comcast home connection and my AT&T mobile account. Now, quite often, I'm driving from home here in Battle Creek, Michigan, all the way to Chicago for work, which 
for instance, I'll be doing tomorrow morning when I listen to the show back to see if we screwed something up. <laughs> and <laughs> hi, Tim in the car. Look, I'm talking to my future self. Um, I will often not listen to a podcast that's local on my phone. I'll fire up something like Stitcher and I'll give other shows that I don't currently subscribe to a chance. I don't have a problem with the stream. Um, it, it usually doesn't drop out. Now, I'm not going to say that the 3G is everywhere, but for the majority of the places that I go, I've got a good, strong 3G connection. And I'm just as happy to listen to a podcast that way as I am to something that I'm subscribed to. Um, I don't see where, if all my music's in the cloud and I want to listen to a certain playlist, I click that playlist. It starts streaming the first one in, and it, as that song's playing, it's literally downloading or caching the rest of that stream into my device. So there's no hiccups. Would something like that be of interest? Either. Not to me. No? No. Yeah, not to me either. I don't, I don't know. Maybe because no. I don't listen to too much music. Yeah? What do you listen right to? If, when I have time at work, just mostly podcasts. Yeah? For the hour or two that I listen. But, I mean, I drive maybe 10, 15 minutes to work, so I don't really have much time in the car. So do you back up your podcast to CDs? No. I no. just play them through the iPod or right. something else. Is that because you don't pay for them? It was free and eh, I can always download them again if I want to or I'll probably never listen to them again anyways. I don't know. Yeah. I've never even thought about burning a podcast to a CD. Right. Mm-hmm. That, see, that's the thing. When you pay for something, you I think the mentality is I want a physical thing to go along with it. When, I, don't burn, I don't burn music to CDs either whenever I buy it. No, neither do I. I can't tell you the last time I burned a CD. I've got a stack of DVDs that I bought, oh gosh, maybe five years ago, and I've gone through like 20%, and the 20% that I've used, they weren't actually for me. My daughter, one of my kids have come down and said, I need a CD, and I'm like, okay, here you go. I, I can't tell you the last time I burned anything to a CD. Um, DVD's a little bit different because I do some on-the-side video projects and the output is going to be to DVD, so I need the discs then. But otherwise, eh, I, I just... I, I find myself trying to get away from buying physical things now when it comes to content. I don't need a book. I don't need a CD. And I don't need a DVD. I could get all those things electronically. I can have more on my local hard drive than I could ever have in, you know, on a shelf of movies. And I'm just over the whole, I don't need a package to go around something to say I own it. You know, and and I'm not really too concerned about, I back my stuff up, don't get me wrong. But if I lost all my backups, I know I could get it again. And and I'd probably find out that most of the stuff that I lost, I I don't really need anymore. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, I'm probably never going to watch, you know, the first series of Lights Out again. You know, I watched the first season, and I I really didn't need to keep five gigabytes of those shows on a hard drive indefinitely for something I'm never going to watch again. Yeah, I don't I don't buy DVDs. We just rent through Netflix. Hmm, that's interesting. Watch, yeah, yeah. Now one of my kids he buys everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I figure I'm not going to watch it again. Rarely. So I just we just pay for Netflix. We watch the movie. We move on. Uh, let's take a quick break. And uh, I want to play a, a, I don't know if you guys listen to uh, Geekiest Show ever, but we've got some new guys doing that show, and uh, I really like this promo. Check it out. Hi, I'm Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight and friend to Captain Solo. Are you lonely? Is there a girl you've had your eye on that you want to hook up with, but she doesn't know you exist? Well, for ninety nine ninety nine, the Luke Skywalker Jedi Council of Love can get you that girl that you want, but even more desperately need. The way we do this is by meeting with you in secret. During this meeting, you give us a name, location which the target can be found, and a picture of the target. We will then send one of our many Jedi to first hunt down your girl of choice, and then use our Jedi mind trick to make the girl of your dreams a reality. So call 1-888-JEDI-LOVE or visit geekiestshowever.com for more details. So put those days of mastering the Force choke behind you by getting in touch with the Luke Skywalker Jedi Council of Love by listening to the all-new Geekiest Show Ever, Wizard! Hey, Gaz, do you like apples? Yes, I love coxes because they're hard and juicy. Huh? 
you mean what I think you mean? Yeah, Cox's Pippin Apples. They come from Somerset Guy. Everyone knows that. But we're talking about the MyMac.com podcast. It's been around since 2004. Oh, I see. That type of apple. Exactly. You can find it in iTunes. Talk to us from Twitter or Facebook. Or call us on our Skype number, which is... 703-436-9501. There. Said it before you could. And we're back. It's uh, Tim Robertson, Donnie Yankelo, Elisa Paselli. Um, Lion just came out from Apple. And, Donnie, you said you have updated your computer. Now, I've got a number of computers, and i got to be honest, I've only updated one, and that's my... I only really use it for writing, 11-inch MacBook Air. And, and I haven't done a lot of writing lately, so that computer keeps going back and forth with me to Chicago unused for the most part. But I have not upgraded either my 15-inch MacBook Pro or my 27-inch iMac. And I'm kind of curious on your perceptions of Lion as it's been released for about a week now, Donnie. Um, I don't think some friends of mine have asked me if they should get it. And what I tell them is I don't think it's a must-have unless there's certain features you want. I think versions is very cool and convenient. Um kind of like time machine for your files as you work as you're working and I think if you want iCloud you're going to have to get it but I think a lot of lion what you see is um, I don't know if eye candy is the right word but it's a lot of stuff that you don't that's nice to have but you don't necessarily have to have it I generally tell people uh, let everyone else hammer on it and find other things that are broken and uh, if there's any third party applications that you're using before you update, make sure those work. That's pretty right. much the main reason that I haven't upgraded my iMac or my MacBook Pro yet is because the uh, point-of-sale system that we use at Mac Specialist, we've got an older version that wasn't Lion-compatible. So now we have to literally spend thousands of dollars to upgrade this piece of software so we can get Lion on our work computers. And that's going to take a couple weeks. So I'm really in no big hurry. Um, I mean, I haven't had any... I, all my software works fine with it. Does it? Like, um, the, the Adobe software, uh, Corel Painter works fine. Um, of course, all the Apple stuff's working fine. Right. What about you, Alyssa? Uh, are you uh, Alyssa? I, I don't know why I'm retarded when it comes to your name. I just <laughs> am. Um, I know you said you didn't upgrade. What's your reason for holding back? Um, there's a lot of cool features, I think, but... I'm like Donnie said, there's really no compelling reason. What I'm doing is I just got back about an, about an hour before we sat down to record this show. I just got back from the Apple store, bought my youngest son a MacBook Pro. It's does does not come with lep, um sorry, does not come with Lion. So I'm going to get his computer going and I'm going to install If that's for me, I'm not here. <laughs> Hopefully the same son will get the, get the phone. Um, I'm going to install Lion on his computer and uh, play with his computer a little bit and see what I think. You know what I smell, Donnie? I smell da- guinea pig. That's what I smell. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, um, the way the way the program works is if you buy a, a Mac of any kind that does not already come with Lion, they give you a website to go to where right. you can download it, but you only have 30 days from date of purchase to do it. Yes. So it's not like I can say to him, well, when you come home in October for Columbus Day weekend, we'll do it then. See what you think. At that point, I have to pay the $29 or well, $30, can, whatever it is. You can download it and not install it. That's what I did. My wife just bought a MacBook before Lion came out. And I said, we're just going to apply the code, get it. We got it on our system. It's just mm-hmm. sitting there waiting to be installed. Okay. But um, she's the type of person that I, she's, if we change her to Lion... The new way, the way mail looks will drive her crazy. The all the new looks and the way things are different. Well, she's fine just using Snow Leopard the way it is. But eventually, she's going to have to upgrade. I mean, well, see, you that's know. the thing I figure with him because he's coming from a, a Windows computer, so he does know how to use Macs. Because before he had his own computer for college, he's just all, only used Macs. But I don't want him to get used to one way of doing things and then upgrade him later on, and have him have to switch things a little bit. So I'd rather just have him start with That's Lion true. from the get-go yeah. and then 
and that way what he'll be used to is what he'll be using every day. Now, when you download uh, Lions from the Mac App Store, uh, Donnie's correct, you don't have to install it. It will launch the installer automatically as soon as it's mm-hmm. done downloading. Just quit the installer. It just puts the Lion install in your applications folder. Yeah. Um, the first thing I'm going to do, though, is make a backup. Now, remember, for those listening, if if you have multiple Macs like me, you don't have to buy it multiple times. If you go to the Mac App Store, you'll see everything that you've already paid for, and you could re-download to your other computers. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I, I don't know if it's five or, is it five computers you're limited to, or eight? Mm-hmm. It's one of the two. I don't know. With well, iTunes, then. you're limited to five. You can mm-hmm. only have five computers on that account. Right. Which wasn't an issue uh, initially for me, but it has become an issue. My my wife has a computer. Both my older daughters do, so we're up to three already. And I've got three myself that I use daily. So one of my computers, in this case the, the MacBook Air, is not tied to my iTunes account because I, you know, I'm out of licenses. I guess you'd say I'm out right. of slots that it, that's available to me. Well, it, if you back up the installer to either a DVD or to a thumb drive, then you can just move that from computer to computer. Uh, you could. Um, I think there's a restriction on that, though. I, I'm not sure. We not, had not we, we've we've had some issues with Lion at Mac Specialist uh, in our testing. So, children's software is one of those things that you know, Donnie. There's just a ton of stuff out there. Now, I've got kids a little bit older than yours, but I've also got one exactly your age. I'm kind of curious. What other things are you doing with your kids when it comes to technology? Any particular um, games that you're using? I should be aware of on on the iPad. There's a company called, I think it's Duck Duck Moose. Duck Duck Moose? Is that right? They do like wheels on the bus and. Ah. Um, the classics. Spider. Yeah, you know, and Old McDonald, and they're just. They're fantastic. They're really interactive. That's the thing. My kids love the interactivity of the different apps, whether it's drawing something, whether it's playing the virtual keyboards. I, they just love when they it's that immediate gratification and here's the thing and you've probably seen this yourself donnie you really don't have to teach a three-year-old how to use an ipad they already know no. they they yeah. just intuitively they touch this and something happens he goes to our flat screen tv and thinks it's an ipad yeah, <laughs> i've run into <laughs> the same problem yes that it'd be like no no you don't touch that yeah he'll, my son will try to swipe on the tv i don't want this swipe no 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 no, no don't touch that um, but he's right. Why isn't everything a touchscreen at this point? It should be. Yeah. But, but I mean, the funny thing is he's used to seeing also at the end of like uh, PBS shows like Dinosaur Train and other shows where they say PBS.com. If he'll, he'll say if he'll see the logo, that's PBS.com. He doesn't know what it means, but. Yep. It's a different world. They're growing up than the one we did. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And i'm not gonna say it's better you know you know what i am they're growing up in a better world than we did (laughs) let's be honest everything is better now than it's ever been before um i know we all get nostalgic for when we grew up now i grew up i was 10 years old in 1980 and i was 20 in 1990 so i'm truly a child of the 80s and i look back with nostalgic at you know my boom boxes and the stereos that i had and the cars that i drove and all that but let's be honest, if we had to go back to our childhood knowing what we know now, it would suck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, hell, even going back when I started my Mac in 1995, if I had to go back and use that Performa 410 on a daily basis, I would shoot myself. Are you kidding? It was terrible. Think of how much cooler the toys are now. Oh, er- er- everything's better now. Oh, my kids didn't understand that when you watch TV... Either you watched it right then and there, or you didn't see it at all. There yep. was no such thing as v- VCRs. Or on demand. They right. didn't get it. Like, well, didn't you just watch it when it was on reruns, or didn't you just rent the video? It's like, videos didn't come out until Dad and I got married. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, we, when we watch something in real time, not on demand or off the Apple TV, you know, it'll get o- be over, and our, my son will go, I want to watch that again. We're like can't it's 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 real it's not we don't we can't rewind that you know what's even crazier is when we're in the car and i don't hook up the iphone to the car stereo system we're literally listening to the radio 
even my eight-year-old daughter has a a problem with no this is the radio it's like i'm hearing the same kind of stuff it's music coming out of the same speakers why can't you just play that again they it's it's a foreign concept to them Mm -hmm. you get used to this on demand it's it's ready when you are (laughs) Right. <laughs> to go backwards, it sucks. It really yeah, listen, does. Listen to what I like, not have to suffer through commercials and songs I don't like. That's right. But Absolutely. It is great when when he wants to, to watch Dinosaur Train or whatever it, at a weird minute, you know, that's 7.17, and normally something wouldn't be starting by then, you can just start it from the beginning. Yep. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's, and look at On Demand. Is, right. is a particular movie you want to watch? Well, check on demand. And when I say on demand, I don't mean just through the cable. I mean Netflix. Maybe you've got it on your iTunes. You watch it on demand as you want to watch it. Mm-hmm. And it really has made what we had growing up look like crap. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, we've got it so good today. Every Cars are better. Let's be honest. Cars are much better today than they've ever been. Um, communication, I mean, right now what we're doing, we're creating a radio show and we're in three different locations in the United States. I mean, we're not even in the same city. Uh, I do believe we're all in the same, um, country. Well, yeah, but we're, (laughs) (laughs) we're all in the same time zone. We're all Eastern standard, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. So we're at least in the same time zone. But that's not usually true with tech fan because usually David is in the UK, so we're not, and then sometimes Africa. So we're not even in the same time zone, and yet we're doing this, and we're not even touching a telephone. We're doing it all through these magic things sitting on our desks with microphones and headphones on, and you're literally talking to your computer screen. I remember the the first time I did this with my brother. It was over AOL when they first introduced it. I think through Instant Messenger or something. Uh-huh. When you could talk. And it just blew us away. He was in Chicago or somewhere, and the connection was awful, but it worked, and it was, we just thought it was the coolest thing. Yeah, but the, I, yeah, the same thing happened to me when I first hooked up my Performa 410 to AOL. I was chatting with someone. I don't even remember where they were, but they weren't anywhere close to, to, I was, to where I was. And my uh, ex-wife, who was sitting next to me, I was like, isn't this cool? And she was like, we've had telephones for like 75 years. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, good point. <laughs> Yeah, but this is on the computer. This is on the computer. Yeah. It should my be. Father, yeah. My father's still amazed. He has an iMac. And when he has a problem, he goes on iChat and I take over his computer screen. Yep. It still amazes him that I could be at my house, he's at his house, and I take over his computer screen, fix whatever his problem is, and we move on. And he, I can hear him in the background going, I can't believe you're doing this. I can't believe you're doing this. I can see the cursor moving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is. It's amazing. Everything now is just better. I mean, pick something in your house that's not better than it was 20 years ago. Your television? It, well, if you've got a flat panel and high def, I guarantee it's better than what the crap that you used to look at. Um, I remember when I bought a 27-inch big TV, and I thought it's it, it will never get bigger than that. It'll, it'll never get better than this. And <laughs> I couldn't imagine flat panels. You know, I've got a 40, what is it, 46, 47-inch Sony. I, if I could take that back in time, myself back then would crap his pants. He'd be like, that's amazing. I can't believe it. And you can easily pick up the 30-inch TV by yourself now, too. Absolutely. There's. <laughs> I couldn't even pick up the 27-inch by myself. No. It was no, no. 180 pounds. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, for all we know, 10 years from now, we could be saying, iPad? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing about technology. It's so hard to know where it's going. I, I never would have predicted the iPad. I mean, Alyssa, could, Elisa, could you ever ever predicted the iPad, say, 10 years ago? Oh, of course. I, I can't. Laptops. I, was, I remember in the late 90s, if people had laptops, I, I was mesmerized. Like, how can you... How can you move? How could you move that that pointer without a mouse? How do you do that? What's this trackpad thing? I it just I could not get my head or wrap my head around how you use a laptop. And even back then, ten years ago, um, I was an IT manager and I had a a laptop, and I used it on a daily basis. But it was so much slower 
than a desktop that was like a year and a half older than the laptop was and that the laptop just couldn't keep up with it in speed but now the laptops are pretty much the same speed as the desktops Mm -hmm. it's it's amazing but here's the thing we have at our fingertips and, and i've said this a number of times on the show because it really does astound me we have the entire history of the planet in a portable device in our pocket now and most people don't appreciate it to the extent that we should. I could be anywhere. Someone asked me a question, and I could find. I can Google it on my iPhone and find the answer. Mm-hmm. It that's science fiction, isn't it, Donnie? Yeah, I mean, don't they say everything in Star Trek comes is, like comes true at some point or something like that? Like, uh, pretty soon we'll be beaming ourselves different places and. Um, probably more in the more immediate future, you'll have a device that you could literally run over your body, and it will tell you what's wrong with you. Yeah, probably probably connected to the iPad. Well, you look at the communicator devices on Star Trek, and what we have right now is more sophisticated. Those are just voice little flip top Nextel things. Phones. Yeah, I, we've got video on our phones that is a lot thinner than what they were having on those shows. It actually has a screen. The communicators in Star Trek didn't. Um, or if you jump ahead to like the next generation, they have the little badge that you can click and talk. Right. The iPhone's more sophisticated than that is. You think about it, that badge could be like the uh, Bluetooth, Bluetooth head, the little earpiece in mm-hmm. here. Just a little speaker built in, absolutely. But even more so, we have GPS locators on our phones now. I, For instance, my wife took the kids. And left so I could do the podcast right now, right? Because I closed down the uh, the studio here in Battle Creek. So I do all this from home again. If I was like some obsessive, compulsive, didn't trust my wife, I could literally, on my computer or on my iPhone, do the find my iPhone. And I could tell you exactly where she's at right now. Because she's got her iPhone. My uh, One of my daughters has her iPhone. I could tell you right where they're at right now. GPS. G- GPS. GPS is fantastic. It, it's amazing these devices that we have. They're, for all intents and purposes, they're magic. It, it, they're magic, and we complain about <laughs> we complain about them. You know how how often do you hear people at the airport, Elisa, complaining about ugh our flight's a little delayed? You you probably hear that right. I'm usually one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You're going to go from New York to California, and you're like, oh, it's going to be an extra half hour. Oh, this is terrible. Really? You're about to get in a metal tube, fly through the air, go to the other side of this continent, and it's only going to take you six hours. That's magic. (laughs) While you're up there, you're going to be able to watch movies, listen to music, uh, read books on one device that you're carrying with you. That's that's magic. I'm sitting there in the, checking my email on the free Wi-Fi in the airport. And <laughs> it's, it's magic, let's be honest. I mean, it, if you took someone from 1950 and just dropped them in your living room right now to show them the changes, it would be magic to that person, don't you think? Oh, my mother still just goes, oh, my God. You know, when she sees us, oh, that phone again, because we all have iPhones. Right. Oh, he's got that phone in his ear again. What's he doing now? He's texting again. <laughs> yep. That's the way it is now, Mom. But it would have been that way then had they had the technology. Mm-hmm. You know, Imagine they... if Walt Disney was alive today. Oh. It... It, 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 he'd be going crazy. He'd be like Steve Jobs of mm-hmm. Disney World. Yeah. He would be. I mean, it, it's just a magical time we live in. Now, you could say that pretty much at any... If you took someone from, the say, the, the 50s and put them in the 80s, I don't think it's changed a whole lot. I mean, I was alive in the 80s. They would understand a boombox. The televisions, they looked better, but they weren't all that different. You know what I mean? The, the telephones, we were just getting cordless phones then. Mm-hmm. They would understand because they saw... They knew what transistor radios were. They remember those uh, the antennas on the radios, so they would totally understand these big silver antennas that telescoped out of your wireless phone. So they would get that. But it seems like the technology 
is accelerating more and more and more every year, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the difference between 1950 and 1980 is less so than between 2000 and 2011. Or, or do you think I'm mistaken, Donnie? No, no, you're right. I, I'm trying to, I'm just thinking, I think it's almost like the, the needed now mentality. Like the iPad, the iPhone can do so much stuff. What else, what it should be doing more tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, um, and, and we're so selfish that we're always looking, that, ooh, ooh, what's the next one going to do? Right, exactly. There's that rush for it to be, you just buy this today, but the next one has to be better if that comes out in a week. And let's be honest, how, Elisa, how, what do you do with your iPhone? And what could you be doing with your iPhone? I bet there's a huge gap there. Well, once I got the iPad, I don't use the iPhone as much. Mm-hmm. I use the iPad. You know what? I was uh, I was looking at the, because uh, I, I, like I said earlier in the show, I'm kind of interested in that touchpad mm-hmm. from the HP. Mm-hmm. And I mention it again because I know I'm getting one. Uh, I'm not going to say how, uh, but I, I'm not going to have to pay for it. <laughs> the best um, way. The best way. <laughs> And I was so I was watching the, the the little videos that they have up their website. Now I have absolutely no plans on getting the the WebOS phone, the Palm. Um, what what is that called now? The Pre? Yeah. I think something else. Too. One of the Maybe cool things uh, I don't whatever their phone is now, but what was really cool, and I wish Apple would adopt this technology because I've got an iPad and I've got an iPhone. If you're on your touchpad and your phone's in the other ring in the other room and it rings it will actually send it to your touchpad and you can answer the phone on your touchpad that's cool that i would really like on my ipad and my iphone if my iphone rings and it knows i'm on my uh, my ipad and it just routes it there oh well that would be really cool is that the one where say you're listening to a podcast on your touchpad but then you have to leave the house it automatically picks up on your phone where it left off yes that's pretty cool yeah that is and i wish itunes would just do that all around with podcasting yeah, oh i that do too be great because i know if i'm listening to an ipad a podcast on my ipad and then i go out to the pool i put my iphone in a dock to listen and i have to go to the podcast and scroll to where you know whatever time stamp right. i was at you know, to pick up where I left off. Or you have to get to the computer and sync it before you sync it right. to the next thing. And- it's called the iCloud. <laughs> See, you didn't think you are going to want streaming. All of a uh, sudden, what you're describing would be completely cured by streaming. Sign into your account. You're streaming to your iPad. You're at home, so you're on Wi-Fi anyway, so what do you care? Yeah, but out by the pool, it doesn't reach. Ah, uh, you just need... Wi-Fi. You... you, you by your pool listen rich lady <laughs> <laughs> it's not the greatest pool in the world but it gets us it keeps us cool so <laughs> it's just a little plastic one that costs 20 bucks <laughs> but no but you know you just need a, a better wi-fi that's all you need or you can get a repeater um but regardless you could still be on the the 3g network and it would just pick up where you left off it's the same app you're signing into the same account it would just pick up right where you left off and keep playing isn't the that the ideal solution? No, no, because it's gonna. It's I can't. I want my I physical media. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. I just in that particular. I mean, I get where you're coming from there, but in that particular case, I can't see wasting my bandwidth sitting in my backyard. But how much of your bandwidth do you use on a monthly basis? Are you using the whole? all of it or are you using fifty percent? I I bet if you went and looked, I bet you're not even using half your bandwidth. Um, I changed my plan to, what is it, the 200 megabytes? Yeah, you'd fill that up pretty quickly. You know, I, I dropped it. I did have unlimited, and then they changed that, and I went to 2 gig, and then I dropped it down to um, 200. If you had the 2 gig plan, which is, what, another 20 bucks a month? I guarantee um, you would not, you would never max it out just by streaming podcasts. Mm-hmm. Because you figure an average podcast, like, for instance, when we're done... Uh, and I edit the show, and I uh, run it through uh, Levelator, and then I convert it to MP3, and I put all the show notes and the graphics and all that. Even after all that, it won't be 40 megabytes. Mm-hmm. It's going to take someone an hour to listen to this. So if they listen to just this show over and over and over, 
it's only 40 megabytes. You're never going to come close to two gigs in a month. Because nobody's listening to the podcast that much. <laughs> I wish they were because, you know, we happen to produce five different shows now. So <laughs> that would make me happy. But yeah. let's, let's be honest. No one's listening to that much content. Now, movies, that's a different matter. Uh, a movie could be seven, 800 megabytes in standard def. You stream that a couple movies and you're pretty much capped out after three mm-hmm. movies. That's right. Yeah. So hmm. we're not quite there yet, are we? Yeah. We have to wait and see, you know. The jury's out, really, on iCloud. We'll have to see what happens when it comes out. So we probably need to wrap up the show. We're approaching our one-hour mark. And, Donnie, I know you have plans to go and uh, do some stuff. So where can people get a hold of you online? Are you on uh, Twitter? Um, on Twitter, it's R-T-T-E-A-C-H-R. Hmm. I have no idea what that spells. Art teacher. Art teacher. Ooh, you're clever. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, before we we let you go, what what art apps do you like on the iPad, Donnie? Uh, um, art Studio, I think, is my favorite one. Because I know you 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 reviewed a lot of them for MyMac.com. Yeah, I think Art Studio is the best for the. It's there's a iPad version and there's the iPod Touch iPhone version, and then they just came out with the uh, Top Camera app, which is pretty good too. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot about that. In fact, didn't we just do a review at my Mac on that? Yeah, I just, I just did that. Was that yours? Okay. Yeah. In fact, I think that's the, uh, yeah, the second from the top as we're recording this show, top camera iPhone app review from Donnie Ankelo. That would be you. But um, Art Studio, I think, is the best. Art for, Studio. Um, it's, I, it's like Painter on the iPad. I've, I've, I wish I had some artistic ability. Unfortunately, I don't. I have a problem drawing a straight line. Uh, but boy, it seems like there's some great apps out there for photography and, and artwork on the iPad and the iPhone. Yeah, I mean, a lot of- it, it seems more of a natural thing to do it on an iPad than a computer screen. Have you made the transition completely or are you still, it's no, not there it's yet? Still, your finger's still too big. I mean, there's tools out there that, you know, there's brushes they say work with the iPad and but it's not, it's still not the same. Yeah. Well, and the plus you, there's no levels of sensitivity on the iPad. Right. I think yeah. you really need that. Yeah. Eventually. But yeah, like I said earlier, have it, right? yeah. Well, like I said, you know, we're just so spoiled. We we want right. it right now and it's what we have is just never good enough. Elisa, what is your favorite app going out there right now? Is there anything that like really captures your attention? Well, I it's baseball season, so I'm on the MLB app. Yeah. For iPads, I can follow the Red Sox. I uh I, I can't get into baseball. I'm a football mm-hmm. guy. And they don't have, you know, I've looked at the MLB app on some other people's phone. What a fantastic app if you're a baseball fan. I mean, everything that you could possibly have done right, they've done right with that app. Yeah, it does eat a lot of battery. But, you know, at the end of the night, I plug it in. You charge it up anyways, (laughs) that's right. Yeah, and And, go to bed, so. and, And if worst case scenario, you can always get an external battery for the iPhone. Yeah, so, well, I put this, this on my iPad. iPad, yeah, they, they make them for the iPad, but it makes it really bulky. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like MLB better on the iPad. They don't make anything like that for the NFL that i found yet. Yeah, not that I'm aware of. No. Uh, Heck, they can't even get the players to play and the coaches to coach right now. No, Although that's I, okay with me. I'm not, an, I, I'm not a football fan <laughs> no. whatsoever. Not at all. My wife I, is an NFL widow, that's for sure. When the yes, NFL so season I. starts, I'm... I'm drawn in every year. Can't help oh, it. Oh yeah, my my husband too. That's why that's why I follow the Red Sox. So next week, uh, David will be back. Um, I've scheduled work, so I am going to be home every Friday in August, so David and I can get Tech Fan done on a timely basis. One of the things that we're looking at for is uh, content-wise, anyways, is for the listeners out there to send us their favorite movies that have something to do with technology that doesn't really exist in the real world this is for you guys too if you want to uh send any suggestions um we kind of said something like that today like the transporters or the medical devices in star trek but there's a lot of movies that show technology that simply doesn't exist and we kind of wanted to discuss what those technologies are and how far away we really are we'll do a little research in this how far away we are into getting those kind of technologies in our everyday lives I think that's kind of a neat subject. I think we'd have a lot of fun with it, and I'm looking forward to discussing it with David. What do you guys think? Neat Sounds subject? Cool. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, 
it's almost easier to do a show like my Mac that you know we we're just talking about Macs and the iPhone right. and stuff like that. Whereas tech fan, it's just such a broad scope that sometimes it's actually more difficult to come up to with uh, subjects that's worth discussing. But not every time. So we're going to wrap up the show. Again, if you guys want to contact us, the easiest way to do that is send an email to feedback at mymac.com. Elisa, are you on uh, the Twitter like Donnie? I'm on Twitter. It's senseidai, S-E-N-S-E-I-D-A-I. I'll put a link in the show notes for that screen name so everybody could find okay. you. Uh, another way to contact in the show is dial our Skype number. It's 1-801. Quick, write this on the dust on your dashboard. one 801 938-5559 leave a message we'll play it on the show and you'll be part of the show and David and I are looking to doing into doing some uh, listener invites like we did back in the old MyMac days so if you're interested in coming on TechFan let us know we're usually recording oh 10, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on a Friday I know most of you guys are probably at work but if you've got the time we'd love to have you on the show so with that we're going to wrap up TechFan number 40 we'll see you next week